ceasefire implies that there's a war. There is no war. This is the escalation of a genocidal project that has been ongoing for more than 75 years. The genocide of the Palestinian people is both ongoing and not inevitable. We must refuse it. We can refuse it. Patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show. We couldn't do any of this without you. And just a quick note, this is not a regular patron episode. This episode is out in the patron feed today with an extended teaser in the main feed. And this is also unlocked. Um, The reason why is because we want to get this episode out as soon as possible. And this was the next available uh, episode slot. And also, we want to make sure that it's not locked behind a paywall in solidarity with Palestine and towards our deep and lasting commitment at Death Panel to seeing Palestinian liberation in our lifetimes. So if you're listening to this and you're not a patron, that's why. And if you'd like to get access to all of our other Monday bonus episodes, that's at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. And in lieu of my usual plug at the beginning, I'm just going to paraphrase our guest today instead and say, if you'd like to help us out a little bit more, no matter where in the world you are, throw sand on the gears of genocide in any way possible and use any means available to you. So with that, we have a really wonderful guest joining me today to talk about last week's escalation of the ongoing colonial violence against Palestine. Rasha Abdulhadi is a queer Palestinian Southerner who is a cultural organizer, editor, and poet. I've greatly appreciated their poetry and learned a lot from it, and I've asked them on today to help us respond to the events of the last week with particular focus on the way that language is part of the site of struggle here. So, Rasha, welcome to the Death Panel. It's so nice to finally meet you. Thank you so much for having me. I have been listening throughout the still ongoing pandemic, and I'm so grateful for the principled commitment and consistency that you all offer both in addressing pandemic conditions, uh, conditions of extractive abandonment, liberation struggles across all fronts, and in particular, your principled clarity on Palestine. I appreciate that so much. And I'm excited to also share some of your poetry uh, with folks today. So I hope you won't be too shy to read some of it. So now that I've peer pressured you and and said it on the record. We can start with one right now if you want. Sure. If you want to start us with one and then I'll set up some context. I think that would be really nice. Yeah. So I want to share this poem in particular Uh, not just to share my work. My poetry is not super important unless anything in it offers clarity and fortitude for people who are struggling for liberation for Palestine and everywhere. And so in sharing this, I also really want to call on poets and writers and speculative fiction writers and editors and publishers to join me in countering this really vicious punishment of language in order to give cover for and justify total annihilatory violence against Palestinians. Mm. Believe the graves. Across my father's death, there is a curtain past which I can't write. 
My own words can't carry, and I must rely on others. I believe in the graves of those I've buried. They are the doors I've walked through into greater bravery, into fury. Thank you so much for that, Rasha. So just, uh, you know, to start us off with some context for our discussion today. So, you know, folks are all on the same page listening. Um, Today is Monday, October 16th, 2023. And for the last 10 days, Israel has killed and injured almost as many Palestinians in Gaza as they did in 2014 when they carpet bombed for over 50 days. So um, some important context is, as I mentioned, this is the latest escalation of Israel's ongoing colonial violence against the people of Palestine. And for the last week, you know, we've seen some of the worst genocidal violence from Israel yet, which is saying something. Um, There have been days of bombing, repugnant lies, and dehumanizing declarations have been pervasive this week. There's no food, no water, no power, no gas, no way out and nowhere to go. Israel ordered a so-called evacuation this weekend. And as we'll discuss later on, it's not an evacuation when It's uh, a death march, as Russia has said. Um, You know, we have seen roads and infrastructure destroyed, roadblocks everywhere have been closed, Uh, bombs have been dropped on people evacuating on the evacuation routes, doctors are treating people using regular soap to clean, you know, massive chemical burns, and medical infrastructure itself is already in a dire state, as we talked about um, in the episode with Denucato that we re-released last week that is a fantastic listen I highly recommend to folks. But it's kind of impossible to overstate the violence and cruelty that we've seen on display this week, um, both in actions but also in words. And also, I know this is not necessarily a topic that everyone agrees on, so that's why we're sort of starting with some of this important context here. Um, I want to echo the brilliant Denucato, again, who opened our conversation on the show last year by also naming what we mean by settler colonialism. So in the episode we just re-released last week called Public Health in Palestine, at the top of that, Denia provides a very crucial framework that I want to also emphasize today for folks who may not have heard it. Also, you should definitely go and listen to that episode as well. So the idea of using specifically the word settler colonialism to talk about Palestine is really important because it reflects and highlights the extensive uh, history and documentation of the violence committed against Palestinians and Palestinian society by the Zionist movement and the state that it established. So Zionism as an ideology and a political movement has subjected Palestine and Palestinian people to structural violence, dispossession, land appropriation, and erasure in the pursuit of a Jewish state. And this is the essence of settler colonialism, right? Um, It's marked by land expropriation and theft. It's the establishment of an ethnostate. It erases the native indigenous population, which in this case is Palestinians. The key shift also in using the word settler colonialism specifically is also to address an idea which is not new, but is always worth repeating, which is that this goes beyond apartheid. Um, As Denia talked about, you know, Apartheid talks about community separation, segregation, and while apartheid is a significant tool in the Israeli occupation, it's also just one element of the architecture. And the larger political project at play is settler colonialism, which is why it's so important to just name it outright at the top. You know, this is evident through all sorts of various sort of tools of fragmentation of state control, things that 
force, you know, the only possible existence of life to exist in these very uncertain, unsafe and violent conditions. So Rasha, you know, as we've been talking about and planning in this conversation, a framework that you've been bringing up a lot lately is the idea of what you've called slippery words and kind of how some of this rhetoric is playing into this, whether it's the kind of uh, very simple and easy to understand, like both sidesism that is common, or it's more complex and sort of more nuanced things. So I'm really excited that we're going to get a chance to talk about this today. And I really appreciate you taking the time to also walk listeners through this right now. So For folks who are not familiar with your work, do you think you could talk briefly about the context that you're coming from, Rasha, as a poet and an organizer? And also, do you mind taking a second to talk about what you're going to do and not do today? Because we talked about that a little bit at the top, and I think that's also um, a great thing for us to take a second to mention before we get into it. Absolutely. So without going into a lot of detail, uh, for more than 23 years, I have been organizing across movements and geographies in the Midwest, the South, and the East of this settler colonial nation we are currently in, uh, on movements for environmental justice, racial and economic justice, and most often, I have worked building physical and digital infrastructures and supporting on communications within and across organizations and movements for liberation and justice. i do a lot of work in cultural organizing, often within my own communities and within advocacy or uh, sites of struggle, both through the arts and through countering the racialized criminalization of multiple communities through war on terror rhetorics, hate crimes, etc. So I give that as background because I spent a long time doing that work before I ever published a single word of poetry or anything else. However, I was writing that whole time and a lot of the work that I focus on as a writer and in the book that I am trying to finish (laughs) (laughs) is countering these thought terminating notions about Palestine. All of these uh, sites of capture or distraction or misdirection of energy, even the energy that is intended to offer care and solidarity towards Palestinians. And that's often especially where I focus. Um, I do not spend a lot of time arguing with people who wish for the death of Palestinians. There's not much value in that for me. However, I think there is a real opportunity to refine how we not only demand justice externally, whatever justice means, Mm -hmm. right? I prefer the word liberation often. Uh, I think that it has uh, more elaborative, multiple possibilities. And I want to be clear that today, I am not here to do a Palestine 101. (laughs) Uh, There are many powerful, brilliant Palestinians who have expended their entire life's breath doing work to explain the reality of Palestine, history, the culture, the truth about Palestinians, what they have experienced, what they have endured, and what they have struggled against in the many ways that Palestinians have struggled and continued, in the words of Palestinian poet Rafif Ziada, to teach life to the world. So I'm not going to do Palestine 101. Folks can go read all the amazing Palestinians. I hope you go find all of them. Please, for listeners of this podcast, 
go back and listen to the first 20 or 30 minutes of the episode with Danya. I listened to it two days ago and I was just astonished all over again. Um, I'm not going to do any better setting of the table of what is happening and has happened and is experienced by Palestinians than the first 20 or 30 minutes of that episode. So go listen to that. Pause this. Go listen to that if you need that. And then come back here. I'm not going to do Palestine 101. The other thing I'm not going to do today is a series of debunking of what are baseless lies about Palestinians and are effectively projections of settler colonial guilt and the desire to create the Palestinians as sin eaters for mm. the atrocities of the settler colonial apartheid and the eliminatory violence that settlers are so clearly desperate to confess that they have done in great detail. Uh, so I'm not interested in doing that. We can talk about what the propaganda dynamic is what is that functionally doing? But I'm not going to debunk the specific lies themselves. I'm very interested in really digging into all of the received language that particularly English speakers in this settler colonial nation and in other English speaking settler colonial nations have um, inherited all of this received language that folks have inherited and repeat because they heard someone else repeat it, who probably themselves doesn't even know what it means in referring to Palestine. And so I'm very excited to get into that. I think that for me will be maybe the most interesting, the most generative. Uh, and I hope we'll invite people to be a little more curious and a little more careful about how we use, how we are encouraged by many powerful state actors, corporate actors, death making machines <laughs> to uh, repeat rather than understand. So that's what I, I hope. Let's break down some of that. To hear the full episode, go to patreon.com slash deathpanelpod, where this week's patron episode is free to listen to. With love, the death panel.